I've been thinking about what I wanted to say this morning You know how God is, He could care less Cause all my thoughts are generally humanistic And He's only interested in the scary stuff about revelation and all the junk that's falling on us but God said why don't you give him a break start telling them about all the mistakes you make don't you hate it when God honesty that make you crazy that he can't get over this true thing he never lets it rest then I find myself looking for a way to escape for the truth is only Jesus and the righteousness is only him and the goodness of this life called Jesus Christ I guess there's nothing here but him sure they've heard that says I God says maybe not <laughs> did you share what happened to you after you got saved and the church drove you nuts did you share the places that you ran every time you judged unrighteously oh God back to that honesty stuff you just never testimony we don't know what testimony means by the way it actually means all the ways I screwed up and all the ways that God saved me that's what testimony actually means <laughs> he said that some years ago to uh, Moses he said you know I'm establishing in you a testimony 
Because I know you're going to tell your kids in the morning and in the evening when you put them to bed, which means how many ways you messed up and how many ways I saved your life. So if we could ever possibly convince our children that God has saved my life from my total wreck that I made of it on a regular basis, anybody? Then they might put their trust in him instead of in us. What do you think about that? As soon as they find out we're not trustworthy, then off they go. Hmm. Interesting. He didn't say I was free from insulting everybody, so don't I mean don't think that just that my job is still still intact. So all right. My wife and I got saved a little later in life, like thirty-five years old. That's not incredibly old. At this point, it's a child to me. But um, what we didn't understand uh, at that particular time uh, was that God was in this stretching business. Has anyone noticed that? Have you gotten? How many remember getting saved? Everybody, anyone remember it? Is it a fond memory? Good. Because um, sometimes, you know, God will get you by the neck and just stretch you or strangle you until you say, I give up, I give up. Um, there was a guy who was used to baptize people, um, and he'd get them in the water, and he'd hold them underwater a long, 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 long time. And until you started to like, rah, 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 you know, started to fight, you know, inside, and suddenly you're fighting like crazy, and he pulls you up and he said, until you're ready to fight that hard for Christ, you're not worthy of getting saved. <laughs> and that's what the truth of this is. And that's what we didn't, that's what I didn't understand and neither of us did. And so we went through lots of changes and uh, I was, of course, in the music business. Some of you may know that, some of you may not know that. It doesn't matter. Um, I was in the music business and um, most of all my life and I was very famous in my own mind and... Uh, Lots of things would happen during that time, and somewhere in there, my grandmother, who had prayed for me for 30 years um, to get saved, um, somewhere in there, God said, you know, I've heard enough from this woman, you're coming with me. So, if you are praying for someone, you need to go ahead and understand the fact that God will interrupt their lives, because he's heard enough prayer from those who are praying for those. That whole free will sermon is bogus. Um, we don't have free will when it comes to God's will. Are you catching this? I mean, I don't know where we went to think that was true. So all of this, I decided to say, I, my wife and I were at the same time, got saved at the same time. Apparently that's rare. I didn't know that before. Uh, and it was a guy who was a Xerox. He worked at Xerox. We were in upstate New York. And he would invite people to his house on Monday night. Nobody knew the Lord. There were about 25 people in there. And he'd give them a brand new NIV Bible because he could, nobody knew where scripture was. Uh, and they, he would call out a page number. And that way he could show you stuff in the Bible. And he was very matter of fact, had a chalkboard, all that stuff. We're all kind of, yeah, that's very interesting. I don't know why we agreed. Nobody there understood why they agreed to come to this meeting. I especially, I thought, hey, I'm cool. This guy's not cool. I mean, he's an executive. How can he be cool? So at any rate, all of these dumb things get erased from your life. So after a while, we'd see, notice one person started looking good. My wife and I would say, did you see the insurance salesman over there? Did you see him? He looks better than he ever did. I mean, he's been here week after week. And what happened? We were convinced that they were taking handsome pills or something. And finally found out that he was kind of on, he would wait until you were ready. And he'd take you over to his house on Sunday and feed you 
feed you a meal and then lead you to salvation. It was a fascinating. He got everybody in the place before it was over. It was amazing. I never understood, you know, why did we do that? And I don't, still don't have a reason, but... But what an amazing surprise. Little did I know If I confessed my sin I'd be free And little did I know If I asked you in my life I'd believe Little did I know The only hope I would ever have Would be Jesus And the little that I know Little did I know I'd be struggling just to walk in your light And little did I know Trying to worship you would be a fight Little did I know Following you would take my very life That's a small price For the little that I know I know you're gone And I know you're Lord I know you paid could never learn to love without you Little did I know I'd be frustrated in all the things I do Little did I know Accepting you would bring acceptance to the man you see And the little that he knows Little did I know How many discovered that you had no idea what it would cost? 
to follow Jesus? Anyone? How many found it way harder than you thought? Not a walk in the park, is it? He's crazy. He goes right into places that will get you killed if you follow him. And he invites you in. Was he crazy or something? You know. And, and he also says, get along with people. <laughs> Are you crazy? Get along with people? So, and he's, so he started the thing called the church. The last place on the planet you'll ever get along with someone is there. Don't you think? But that's the first place that we're the greatest of our acting is here. Hi, brother. How are you? Don't worry about the guy I splashed into your car in the parking lot. Don't worry about that. Love you, brother. You know, we have all kinds of little thingies that we do. Don't, I, am, I will be making fun of all of this, so I'm mostly making fun of myself as I go through it. So we went through that time, both Christine and I, and um, she's so much more together than I ever have been or ever will be, but all the process of what she was able to sense was spilling out onto me. So I, I walked with God based on her absolute commitment to walk with God I was something different I was stupid and I had lots of different things that should have long since been beaten out of me but God in his beautiful style he said I got plans for you buddy watch this and those plans were not including me being a superstar isn't that stupid Certainly I can help you in the kingdom, says I. You know, I'm really famous in my own mind. And he said, yeah, we've been waiting a long time for you. Um, so I, would, I wrote some, my first song, in, uh, as, as I was saved, in tune. I'll try it in tune, just for the heck of it. And I was uh, playing in nightclubs and playing in jazz clubs and stuff like that not as a jazz player, but just as someone to insult jazz, and uh, I guess I've spent my entire life insulting people. I didn't think about that before. That's probably why God picked me for that job. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm having a... So I get into these places, and when you're a new believer, at least I was, you're an incredible pain in the neck to most people. They, I've heard it said that most new believers should be arrested and put in jail for at least a couple of years until they kind of settle down and stop telling everybody how incredibly they are because they know Jesus and you idiots don't. You know that stuff. Anybody feel that way? How many was excited when you got saved? Really excited. How many are... Still excited. That's good, man. That's a rare trope. That's rare. My first Christian song. I had been reading Proverbs. Bad thing to tell anybody else. So we're in a nightclub and I'm trying to play. Guys at the bar. Hey, man, play that, uh, play that Christian crap you play. Okay, man. Yeah, man. Oh, do not walk on the path. Set foot in the way of an evil man. Oh, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Oh, turn around, go your own way. Oh, they cannot sleep till 
alone They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall to hear what you found out, don't you? They can't wait to hear it. They can't wait to hear it. They could wait. They could wait. Um, then lots of things, you know, of course, begins to happen, uh, you know, in your life. You, um, we, um, we were in upstate New York, and we, Christine and I, went to Florida to do, I was doing a little uh, jazz gig in Florida and stopped in Nashville, Tennessee, where we knew a few people. And as we got there, we were so happy to tell everybody we got saved. And they, um, was anybody, was anyone like that? Was I, was just me, just an obnoxious person, you know, constant with that. Um, I'm sure God likes it because it's full of zeal, not full of wisdom, but it is full of zeal. And I think he probably liked that part of it. I hope, uh, at any rate, um, we just, they invited us to their little church. It was a small church uh, in, in Nashville, and um, we went to it. Um, it took a, a few miracles to actually get there, but we did. Got in there, sat in the back, so we could leave, you know, real quietly. You know how we are. It's like, I'm here, but i am got one foot out the door. Thank you very much. And which will be ultimately what this entire message is about. I think God's, God is putting something together there. Get your foot out of the back door. That's the name of this message. <laughs> and so, and I know that we're all a part of this, and I know I'm talking to the right people because we're all dim when it comes to this stuff. Um, and so I'm, you know, in this little church, sit down, Holy Spirit falls on me. 
uh, Ann falls on my sweetheart, and she starts weeping. We're in the back, you know, and I'm thinking, because she's more responsive than I am. Most women are. Uh, men are blocks of wood. Women are responsive. And so I'm sitting there like a very good block of wood and elbowing her. I said, are you kidding? You're crying here. They're going to think I beat you or something's wrong or something's wrong with me or whatever the deal is. And, of course, the sermon is on the prodigal son. Of course it is. And, and so we started to really feel the glorious presence, and we had no idea what this was. Getting saved is not getting the presence. Getting saved is getting saved. Getting the presence is another deal altogether. Anybody? If you haven't got that one, you ain't got fully saved yet, I guess you would call that. I don't know what it is. Saved is a whatever. Saved from what, says the lost, you know. And uh, so... So all of a sudden, the end of it, sermon, and um, this was a weird church. They had preaching at first and then did worship afterwards. Think of that. <laughs> that's, like a, that's what it is in a synagogue. They present the word of God and they say it and everybody goes on and on. All of a sudden, the word is so powerful to them, they break into worship because the word of God drove them into worship. Is that the weirdest thing you ever heard? What happened to us? You get what I'm saying? We, we've made worship the opening act. Come on, folks. Stop doing this. Make the power of God the power of God, not the power of man to bring the power of God. We don't bring the power of God. We just agree that it's here. The truth of the matter, if you can hear this, this is a little side sermon. We are supposed to be, the whoever gets up on here, is supposed to carry enough authority to start, stop the darkness so that we recognize God is already present, which he has never not been. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we come to the church and with the yeah, make me like God attitude, that's what we're doing. We're doing that in front of the king of the universe. We're not doing that in front of a, a not so good sermon or not so good worship time. We're doing that in front of the king of the universe. It's not us. You know, when we're, dis we're not disapproving of something, we are not disapproving of people. We're disapproving of God. Yep, that one hurt my feelings too, so I'll share the pain. Thank you very much. We need to wake up to some stuff, and we're up, we're knee-deep into some doo-doo at this point in time with the king because of where we have been hiding. Anyway, so... Is that wounding enough? Is that, you feel the wound of that? I feel the sting of that one. That's really good. At any rate, so later up, when then after we got through this, we went through these changes, um, and I'm sitting there, and sermon stops, and we get up, we're going to leave, and the people who invited us, oh, aren't you going to stay for worship? Brand new word for me. Worship? What do you mean? We're going to, you know, sing some songs, and we're kind of milling around. The whole place is in a mill. You know, everybody's walking around talking. Fellowship is beautiful. Some guy gets on the stage, he starts playing, you know, he starts playing away, and somebody else gets up and they start singing with him. It is so loose and so not conformed to anything, so unchurchy. Wouldn't it be great to have an unchurched church? And the guard that slaps you in the face if you don't, if you don't, if you don't honor the building more than Christ, you know that guy? Is this insulting enough? Is this hurting? I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get to you. So, at any rate, 
all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, the whole place just sort of me, just melts into this sound that I couldn't describe. It's just a sound. I mean, I know sound. I've been in music a long time. This was a sound I can't, I can't describe. It's way more voices than the amount of people that are in the room. And I'm going, what's that? That's it. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> I said, oh my God. I fell down in the first pew and cried like a child for an hour. I couldn't stop. It was like, ah, ah. Anyone feel God like that? Would you follow that God? Would you chase that God? Hmm. We did too. Um, we were 800 miles from where we lived in upstate New York, and we drove back home. Drove right back to that church in a couple of weeks. We came back five more times in the next three months. They thought we were regulars and um, could not help ourselves. And every time I got into that church and I sat in the first pew, God said, this is your home. Come here. I'm like a good believer. I can't do that. I'm, you know, I have a whole deal in New York. I owe money in New York. I, you know, I'm very famous. I have my own nightclub. All the things I've ever, ever wanted in my life, I'm up to hock in, and that's the way it is. So we'd love to come to Nashville, but there. So every time we went, he would tell the same thing. He would say the same thing. And by the way, come. This is your home. Come here. That actually turns out to mean after 20 years, it turns out to mean my presence is your home. Come here. That's what that means. Do you understand that? This is not a home. His presence is a home. And when this is all over, you won't be entering here. You'll be entering there. You'll enter him. It's Bob Jones who died eight years ago. We'll tell you, you enter God. You don't. I know this makes sense to you. So I got lots of insulting things I could say other than that, but I think I'm going to leave it off for now. And um, so finally I get a phone call from somebody who's in the music business, and they want they heard that I was coming into town and they wanted, if they could sign me to a record contract and a songwriting contract. Well, yes, of course you can. And he said, it'd be better if you moved to Nashville. And he said, you know, it'd be easier on you. Uh, we could, you know, so on. we'll get you some front money and stuff like that. Yeah, so I would come to Nashville if a producer calls me, but the king of the universe tells me to go and I can't do it. Heard anybody yet? And so that's what we're facing. We're facing some stuff right now. We're being told stuff. I guarantee they're in a person in this room that God hasn't said something to. And almost can almost guarantee, and you almost did it, right? Or really wanted to real badly, right? Anyone? Never mind. Um, so I, I got crazy. into some part of our lives that I didn't realize was going to be happening. And one of them was warfare. Anyone? Walking with Jesus is not a party, is it? I don't know how what happened there. And then this started, this kind of stuff started coming out of me.
rejoice for heaven sees. Oh, in this world we shall have tribulation. Oh, therefore be of good cheer. was right on it and we're going and we're, I don't know what to do with this so I just sang it to the wall you get what I'm going and so what happens to us is that we got somehow lost in the thought that this was going to be easy we misled people we who try to teach we misled a lot of people all you got to do is come to church and this is going to be fine it's going to be fine okay what fine are you referring to what, what are you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Do you see what I'm saying? We were told how great we are. Yeah, you're great. You're, you're only great because a great God laid his life down for you. That's why you're great. You understand? It's not because, well, I can really play this guitar. Oh, really? That's good. That should be worth a cross. Come on. Wake up. I'm talking to myself. Don't worry. Don't worry. Do you see what I'm getting out here? So we were, we were. So finally, I had spent 12 years leading worship in a small church in Nashville, and, and uh, God threw me out of the church because I was a good man pleaser. Um, anyone? Shapeshifter? Extraordinaire, you know. And all those kinds of things, I could fit into anything. I know how to entertain, I was good at it, and they, the people loved they did. They were worshiping God, I was entertaining. And they would, they couldn't believe that I, God told me to leave the church after 12 years. He wasn't leaving the church, it was finding God. There's no such a thing as actually leaving it. There is a finding God, however, uh, and that's, you got to bring that to church with you. And that was the key. So he sent me home, and I, he, and I said, what do, you, what do you want to hear, dear father? <laughs> he said, none of that crowd-pleasing junk you sing. Do you think it's possible that God would have someone lead worship, or have him, lead worship doesn't exist in Scripture anyway? We made that all up, but that's it's a pretty cool thing. It's just not God. It's us. Nothing's wrong with stuff you bring to the table. It's just not God, and don't make rules about it, and definitely don't make laws that you hang people over because you think that's what we want. I will get to some more insulting stuff before this is over. Um, we, you are the worship. You are what God is here. You're bringing a sacrifice, I hope, of praise in your hearts and our sin, if that be the case, and whatever that may be, they're supposed to be preparing that sacrifice to make it acceptable to God. Because believe it or not, it's not acceptable from you. 
in the house. It is at home, but it isn't in the house. Did you know that? That's the scripture. I'm not telling you something that's not in the Bible. They were to bring your sacrifice, and it was to be prepared by a Levite to make it acceptable to God. Why would he want it to be acceptable? Not sure. Maybe because he just didn't want to have 48 drummers, 97 guitar players, and 50 whatevers in the house. Do you see what I'm getting at? He was deciding without the government, this whole thing is a mess. Catching me? God is governmental. He has to do it his way. There you have it. One more time. God doing it his way (laughs) and not mine. Can't figure that out. All this to say, we went on. We had a we had a big time. We, I was facing the wall. Christine was dancing in the other room. And I'm just waiting for God to show up. And one day he does. One day he shows up. And he shows up like this. I said, that's pretty intense. He said, you say nothing yet, buddy. You're not meant 
to be relaxing in a nice comfy seat. You're meant to be on fire for Jesus Christ. And you're meant to be a threat to everything that's unholy. You're meant to be alive in Jesus Christ. Don't mistake yourself for one of those conservatives. There ain't no conservative in here. Am I right? You're following Jesus. You're crazy. <laughs> you ain't conservative. You're on fire for a king. One main king. One big, big king. <laughs> no more. No more, no more. Something stirring in the body of Christ that no one can stop. Something stirring under the ground from the prayers that have been the blood on the land will be justified by Christ and the redemptive power of his love will call us to the fire of heaven something's falling as we raise our worship the glory of God will be more than you know than you know can you hear what I'm saying so all of a sudden me to a prophetic conference. Yeah, sure. Um, in Charlotte. And that's still brand new for me and my wife, although Christine's all over anything that she doesn't understand. How about you guys? Don't you think we need to start getting a little bit more on fire for the stuff we don't know? How much do you think we don't know about God? Way more than we think we do know, that's for sure. And we got a long ways to go. What if one of the four living creatures dropped right there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'd be casting demons out for six years because this guy's got all these heads and hoofs or feet, you know, eyes all over the place. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. We're going to have to get over being afraid of weird because the throne of God is weird to us little straighties. Do you understand what I'm getting at? So during the meeting, it was a, you know, it was prophetic. It was every bit of it was over our hairspray for sure. Um, you know, the teachings about it and the words and all that, and where Christine and I were like, uh-huh. Um, we're brand new. We're young Christians. And Rick looks at me and he said, hey, you have a song. He introduces me and I said, no, no, I don't have a song. And, um, and, he, and uh, Leonard Jones was there and uh, Leonard is a great musician, but the rest of the band was not a great band. And, um, um, to say the least, they were not. And it's just, it was, was kind of typical churchy stuff. You know what I mean? Where it's, nobody's really cares. They just show up, they rehearse for two seconds, and then they do, the, do whatever. And then we're all supposed to go, hallelujah. 
something wrong with that picture? So I'm looking at that and I'm saying to Rick, nope, don't have a, don't have a song. And he's, he's prophetic. Rick is prophetic. Yes, you have a song. That means they don't hear no. That's what, that's what the prophetic means. I don't hear what you're saying. I just hear what I'm hearing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and that's how that went. Yep, don't have a song. Thank you. And he said, yeah. I said, I don't even have a guitar. Thank you. And Rick said, oh, there's one up here. And, and it was a blue plastic um, ovation guitar that Leonard had bolted to a stand that was just standing there in space by itself. Not a guitar. You know. I said, oh, no. <laughs> you like these people. I can't believe it. Um, I said, I fought with everything in me to get out of it. And now you like these people. And I kept looking out there and This who came out. Who are these people? Where did they come from? And why are you crying? Great tribulation 
I fell. I don't do well under the Holy Spirit. Start blubbering like a child and cripple and stumble around like an idiot. Anyone? I guess that's what the foolish things look like, isn't it? That'll confound the wise. Is that what that is? things began to happen like then. It started to happen. And Rick wanted uh, me to come and do a conference on the, called The Heart of David. Um, and I said, I'm not playing with that band. So um, I said, I like Leonard, but I'm not playing with that rest of the band. That ain't going to happen. So I brought studio musicians with me from Nashville. One of the advantages of studio musicians, these are believers, they were not, you know, just typical musicians. <laughs> they, they don't need the reward of an audience. They live their lives in a back room somewhere. They play amazing. Uh, they can play anything you can possibly think of. And they only watch the leader. That's all they do. The place can be going nuts, but they're still watching the leader. I think this is where the Lord is taking us as a body of people, where we're watching the leader, this leader, and we're not watching each other. We're not all bent out of shape because so-and-so, I don't like the way they do their thing or whatever it is, and whatever that looks like, but I'm, I can't watch what you're doing. I'm too busy watching my Savior. Is that not what this is supposed to be about? And all of these times that we've spent in this world of judgments, I lived in the judgment world. The music business is based on that. How's your song? I don't know. There's a little bit too long. The intro is, you know, supposed to be 16 seconds. We need to cut it down to 15. We need to be at the chorus by 58 seconds. Thank you very much. Or it'll never get played on the radio. I have all the rules. I know all the rules. I know how to make you happy. I make my master happy? Is Jesus enjoying that? Funny that Jesus enjoys me falling apart. That's what he thinks is fun. <laughs> Watch this. Don's going to try to sing a song. Okay. Bye. He's, oh, there we go. You get where I'm going on this? But something happens to us when we get in this environment. Can't fall apart here. Good. The only place on the planet you actually can is the one place we don't. By making sense to you guys, I, I hope I hope it's kind of we need some change. The Holy Spirit is moving now. He's not moving in a couple of hundred years. He's moving now. He's changing something. We're moving into something that we would probably title a revival. It's a fine title. You can call it anything you like. Uh, but it's so powerful that nothing can stop what it's doing. And it'll be based in some very interesting things. This revival will be birthed in fire, shaped by the wind, and it will be triggered by innocence and not the guilty. Hear it. Just hear it. Because that's what's coming. Frightening, isn't it? And those of you who have been in the fire, nobody here, of course, right? Then 
Why would God do that? Because he's about to blow the wind on you and about to change who you are. Everything birthed from fire gets shaped by the wind. Hmm. So we did first uh, conference at Morningstar and uh, the warfare was stunning. I had never been in anything like that and thus that's why the conference started with I have decided if you've ever listened to any of that stuff. It was quite some time ago. Anyway, we did three days solid and we were just about almost all day long, almost all day and then most of the night and the worship just wouldn't stop. It wasn't like we were trying to go a long time. It wouldn't stop. I kept asking God, this has got to be boring you to death. He said, no, I'm actually liking the unity. You guys are so seldom in unity. And I was a folk singer. I was a Mr. Quiet. I don't sing anything loud. And people like me when I put them to sleep. And God is screaming in my ear. Are you mad enough to sing? You know what I mean? So it was the opposite of what my presumed nature. And that's what's happening in here. You're living in the opposite of your or you're not living in the opposite of your presumed. You're living in a presumed nature that you think is acceptable, not to God, to everybody around you. Yeah. That's why we're in this mess. Mm. So a few lunatics show up, like some musicians, and they, and they go ballistic because they can't stand the tightness of what it feels like to have judgment yeah. passed upon you every second. Amen. Are you catching this? And it's like, we're, you're in control of that, I'm afraid. That's the problem. You guys are in control of that, and they are not. Uh, unless they're really good entertainers. I was a good entertainer until God smacked me so hard I couldn't breathe. Then I couldn't care less if you liked it. Then he said, good, okay. Because if God likes something, trust me, you're going to like it. Amen. He, we are his court. He's the king. You play for the king, and the king gets happy, and the court goes, woo, God's happy. You see what I'm trying to get to? We've got to release this thing. Let the power of his grace begin to be the structure of the church. with is next Sunday. So when I was in church and I was leading worship in the church, I was convinced that every, every session can be great. Every time we meet can be wonderful in the spirit. Does anybody feel that way? Well, then, of course, then the first thing you hear, and I'm taught, I was taught this, you, it can't always be good. Oh. Wow, wow. So when we pray for somebody who's sick or really needs healing, we actually don't expect them to be healed. We're surprised if they are, right? Why? Because we actually don't really, in truth, believe it well enough to say out loud, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Not a big 
to do, not a big sermon, not a blah, 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 blah. You see what I mean? Just simple. Jesus, find it in Scripture. If you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, it will be done. He didn't say if you pray and pray and pray and pray. He said if you say it. What are you talking about saying? What do you mean? What did he say? Get up, take up your mat, walk. And think about that for a second. You know, to get answer, do you believe in God? He said nothing to the guy. Get up. How about that? Well, you're not, you're blind, you're born blind. Yeah, really, yeah. Let me see. You get a little mud here. Let me spit in it, make it nice and juicy and rub it in your eyes. Yeah, I, I remember that remedy. Come on. But just take a look at the picture just for a second. He, he looks at G, the guy, he, he can't see anything, and Jesus is rubbing mud in his eyes. And still blind, Jesus said, go to the pool and wash your eyes. He's still blind. When do you say you're full of it? I'm not, you know, this is a lot of crap. All I know is I got mud in my eyes, and I still can't see anything. When do we go to our cynicism? But in faith, he took that walk. What healed his eyes? That walk, that wash, or the mud? How about all of it? How about all of it? Because I know God has answered. I bet you every single prayer in this room, you just weren't here when he answered it. You were very busy. I am very busy, you know, with my selfness. I am very busy. When I, after I lost my sweetheart, I, uh, all my selfness got sideways. And um, I could sit around and mope with the best of them. And um, one day I said, oh, God, you need to talk to me. You need to talk to me. And um, he said, you know, I, I don't talk to self-pity. But I'm, you know, I'm really hurt here. And he said, yeah, and it's about time you got through it. Amen. Now, I mean, just, think, just think about things, things for a second. Just give it a thought for a second. So my wife is staring at Jesus Christ, uh-huh, showing up in people's dreams all over the country, mm -hmm, uh, saying I'm alive more than ever mm -hmm, uh, and is more beautiful than ever. Uh-huh. So you're bummed out because someone's not making the bed for you, lazy bum? You get where I'm going? And so it has to come to us, and I know pain is pain. I'm not denying one ounce of that, and he let me have a good dose of it. But that same Bob Jones that died eight years ago, by the way, on the night that he died, he went into the hospital. Does anybody know this story? I'm just telling you something you already know. The night that he died, he was in the hospital, um, and he went into the hospital administrator's office, 14th of February, and snowed in Charlotte. And he goes into the hospital administrator's office and punches in his key code. Meanwhile, Bob's got a broken leg from his diabetes. But doesn't stop a guy like Bob from walking through the halls of the hospital at 1.20 in the morning. And he punches in the key code to the hospital administrator's office, walks in, sits down, and starts prophesying. A few last-minute prophecies, uh, and he has words for different people. Uh, you would know their names, so I'm going to leave it out. Um, 
And the guy's, he's writing them down. He's wise enough to know this is something you write down. You don't stand around saying, what the heck are you doing in my room? Um, and I didn't find this out until right after my wife passed in that Bob, one of Bob's words was to Christine and I. And the words were, I will see her before I see him. So eight years ago, God knew this was coming. So yes, I am incredibly sad, but this was not outside of God. This was not outside of his understanding. This had nothing to do with anything we do. It's what he's doing. How many know that it almost doesn't matter? We think if we hold our hand just right, you know, shout just loud enough, the revival will break out. Guess what? God's doing this all by his own self and nothing's going to stop him from doing what he's doing. And if you can't stand the fire that's coming, then you ain't going to like the wind that's going to shape you. You understand what I'm getting at? And there's something we're not seeing still as a body of people that's so important that this is not, this life, this millisecond that we live here is not the key. It's not the life. That life is the life. And that's the one we're living, the one that lasts forever. I just don't want to live that one in the wrong place. I got plenty of stuff on that. Anytime you want to hear about what the wrong place is and how easy it is to get there. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to get to the wrong place. But it's actually easier to get to the right one. the faces of the saved It's almost like the faces of the lost As I found out what lost really means It means uninformed We have made a promise to a Then we went about our own business Thinking that the promise is all that it cost And we tried to find a reason To fellowship with those that we find unreasonable And and we named it the Church of
Sometimes I feel like I was saved to the church and not you. Anyone? Times I feel like my service is to everyone else but you. I strive to please man I fail to please you In my struggle to be accepted I denied acceptance from you I wanna be born
Satan Wanna be born interesting the first time I got in church when, and I played a song and, and nobody applauded. First thing I thought was, oh golly, I, that was really bad. I must have played it really bad. So I was, I must be wrong. They didn't respond. So I started to study that a little bit and uh, response is a fascinating thing to God. Everything about God is about response. Did you respond to Jesus? Jesus said, hey, you know, I'm so sorry you missed the time of your visitation. I'm so sorry you didn't respond to me when I came. Jesus said these words. You know, we played the flute. Nobody danced. Wow. What happened to you? We sang a dirge. Nobody mourned. I quote, I, I figured that means, what the heck? You guys are dead or something? You see what I mean? And so our lives are now based in how do we respond to him. That's what worship means, responding to the Lord. But my judgment's in the way. So I will give you this little, little thing and then I'll stop. I think I pressed you guys too far today, but I think it's probably something you might need. There's a shaking coming. I don't have to tell you that. It's coming to the church and nothing's going to stop God from doing it because he said it in his word. As a shaking, he will shake what can be shaken. Guess what? Take what can be taken. So if you've got something you're clinging to that you think is just too cool, like your opinion, uh, he's going to take it. Because the opinion that we carry is a seriously dangerous weapon against the kingdom of God. Uh, any rate, he said this. He wakes me up in the morning. Uh, God sing to you guys? Yeah, he sings. He's not necessarily a great, great singer, but he's, he woke me up singing this song um, from the Sons of the Pioneers. You ever heard of the song Drifting Along with the Tumbling Tumbleweed? You ever heard that song? Probably you'd have to be my age before you would know that, but So God is singing to me in three-part harmony or four-part harmony. I'm thinking, why are you singing that song? And he's and he's talking to me about some things that are uh, that are going on in the old clanker up here. 
And I know that there has been stuff that's been happening, I'd say, in the church and stuff that's happening around the church and stuff that's just happening to believers. And people who have walked with God all their lives are becoming... Mm, disgruntled is too much. It's too much. Uh, I think disillusioned or disappointed is, is correct. Is anybody... Uh, there's a thousand reasons to be disappointed in something, uh, and there's only one reason to overcome that. Now, to overcome something, wife comes in the door, the car smashed all the stuff, is she forgiven? Yes. Is the car still smashed? Yes. Do you see what I mean? So there's, there's, there is, yes, forgiveness, then there's the consequence, and then there's the cost of the consequences, making sense. And what happened to us is that we smashed a few things up. You guys on this page? Are you okay with this page? We broke a few things, and it's like, well, that's it. You know, you're never going to drive the car again. Oh, okay. You see, see where this is? What's been happening to us is we're, forget about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're throwing the bathroom out. Because it's not agreeing with me and my disappointments. Then we become, this is what God was trying to teach me, and I'll, only, I'll make this really fast because it's very painful. <laughs> I want to make it last. Um, and uh, I said, why are you singing Drifting Along with Jesus? Because you're drifting. I'm not drifting. Yes, you're drifting. What happens to a tumbleweed? So he begins to explain it, and he shows it to me, and I look it up. Tumbleweed is just basically a plant of sorts that does not go deep in the ground. It does not grab the ground very deep. And when the wind comes, any wind of adversity happening anywhere, anywhere? anywhere? When the wind comes, it uproots it very quickly and very easily. And then it begins to roll and tumble. And it won't take long before it runs into another tumbleweed that's been uprooted. And they, once if you've ever seen tumbleweed, they bump into each other, they, they boom, it's like locked together. And then they roll together. It's a beautiful little experience. Um, then they'll find several others. And before you know it, they all gather in a ghost town. Why are you saying that to me, O mighty God of heaven and earth? He says, because you're headed for a ghost town. How's that? You need to put your roots down deeper so that when that controversy comes, and is it possible for there to be a controversy in the church? There are oxymorons on the earth, but that one is the top of the list, don't you think? Controversy in the church. I mean, it's an endless, it's an endless struggle to be with other people. Other people are a pain in the neck, correct? Correct? But that's not what love means. See, we, mis we misquoted and misunderstood love. I'm supposed to feel good about you guys. No, according to Jesus, he said, and 90% of the time in scriptures, he said you're supposed to agape o one another. And that means, here's the definition, the Greek definition, to carry an affectionate reverence. That's respect. That means respect for one another. Um, prompting your obedience to Christ. Ugh. Why would I want to do that? Recognizing the benefits of having a clash with another person, refusing to live without or do without them. That's what love means. That's what he said. What about the ooey-gooey? He didn't mention anything 
about feeling good about another person. That's a misquotation of Scripture. Hmm. So he, you know, pastor's got to make you feel good. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he doesn't make you feel good, <laughs> that's it right there. I'm out of here. And I'll start by forget, forget offering. You can just take that and shove it. Say what I mean? That starts there. Do you get what I'm getting at? And so why is he talking to me about that? Mr. Dedicated. You get what this is? And so I'm standing there and say, God, I worship you every day. I am, I am all over you every day. And he said, yeah, I know. But what are you doing with my commands? Eesh, your commands. Eeks. Back to that honesty stuff. You know, he never gets off that page. He stays there all the time. I can't believe it. Why? Does everything have to be your way? Because mine, oh boy. Imagine if it was going my way. Even though I do have a driving book on how you're supposed to drive. Other than that, you see where this is? I mean, everything that we're doing. So I went through a lot of changes about it. Then I had been studying this. I've been in Revelation for a long time. And another time I'll come back and really hurt your feelings with what's written in Revelation. But um, the part of it that he highlighted was the whore of Babylon. I always found that word to be offensive. Anyone? It's just hard to hear it, you know, and so on and so forth. He said, it's because you don't know what it means. I said, huh. Okay. So I began to study it, and here's what it means. It means to merchandise without commitment. That's the meaning of whore. Be not committed to anything. The, the, the actual description is to merchandise and just pass through. Just be gone. Do we live in a society of merchandising that has no commitment? Are we there now? Are we at Babylon or not? We're there. That's exactly. So all the scriptures, what the scriptures have to say about destroying Babylon is coming. Do you understand this? So I said, well, what's that got to do with the tumbleweeds? He said, the no commitment part. The secret to all of these things that we, we struggle with, of course, there's a, there's a move of the Spirit starting to happen on the youth, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Are you sensing that? Don't control that. Get your little grubby hands off of it. Don't try to control it. Pray for it. Support it. If any of them fall down, get right there and pick them back up. If they screw up, Pick them right back up. Hey, man, what you've learned to do if you're over 50 is to get back up. Yes. Am I correct? Yes. You know what I mean? You're professional get-back-uppers after, you know, facing hard things and being hurt and all that kind of stuff. That's what you got to be here for, not to control them, to keep them from making your mistakes. That's not love. There's no respect in that. Too hard? Yeah, I didn't like it either. God didn't care if I liked it. Bottom line of it is, don't ooey-gooey God. Don't do that. Jesus said this to Peter, and I'll stop. Do you love me more than these? Do you know that story? 
But Jesus said, do you carry an affectionate reverence for me that prompts you to obey me, causing you to recognize the benefits of knowing me, refusing to live without me or do without me or live without me? And Peter says, actually, my love is higher than that. My love is phileo. My love is emotionally attached to you. And Jesus said, well, then feed my sheep because that's as far as you're ever going to go with that kind of love. That hurts, doesn't it? We think we're supposed to love the body of Christ not the way we think. We're supposed to refuse to do without it. We're supposed to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that gives you the strength to be with people that irritate you more than bless you. And for them to tolerate your dumb little attitude too. Am I making any sense? We all need to join a band. Right? Bass players are perfectionists. They're dragged because they have to know every downbeat. They can't, they can't be left out in the dark. They have to know everything. You know what I mean? Drummers have what we call drum brain. Everything is full blast, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, guitar players are just, give me guitar. I don't even really need one. I just need the air to glide on. You know what I mean? We're all there. There's the personalities, and they say about background singers is that it's easier to negotiate with a terrorist than it is a background singer. We just all need to join a band. Because in order to play a song, you're going to need to deal with all of those personalities and then find it as a blessing, not a drag. It's got to be a blessing to us, not tolerance. You guys okay? Was this insulting enough? Was this pretty good, wasn't it? Pretty insulting, wasn't it? I was really looking for that. I'm still struggling to do the things the king said I'm still fighting with my heart When I think about the drag That so many of us are But if we could find the time To appreciate the rhyme That the light of Christ
blessings upon you today. May God make his face to shine upon you. May you wake up one day and realize you're getting way more than you deserve. And God, help us if we ever do get what we deserve. I like Jesus. Somehow he likes you guys too. Can't figure it out. I like what he likes. That's where we are. We grow from here. I think we could get somewhere. I don't want to repeat Sunday after Sunday. I want to see fire starting. I want to, I don't want to claim it. I want to reclaim it. Take it back. In Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Bless you guys.